Hello, and welcome back to the Sage of the Modern Age. Today we're going to be talking about the magic system of the Dresden Files. Once again, spoiler warning, we're going to be talking about things happening in the Dresden Files books, things about the Dresden Files series. So if you have not read up to the book Battlegrounds, I recommend that you pause the video, read up, catch up if you want to avoid spoilers. Now for the magic system that we're going to talk about in the Dresden Files, we're dealing with what's known as a hard magic system which means that there are specific rules and limitations on the magic system set by the author. Specifically, in the Dresden universe, there, these rules are set on the source of magic, the amount of magic that a person can use, the training the person has, and as well as a natural limitation. Only certain people have access to magic. And the amount of magic that a person has access to is born into them. So first, we're going to talk about the source of magic. Magic comes from life, specifically the will of the user of magic. The life force of this person is where the magic comes from. Magic seems to, uh, because of that, be very tied to the beliefs of the individual. For example, Dresden uses a pentacle amulet that his mother gave him as a symbol of magic in his mind. Because of that, he uses a five-pointed uh, approach to magic. He believes in five elements of magic, fire, water, earth, air, and spirit, and he uses those five types of magic, those five elements, with his magic in order to do what he does. His magic is always associated with one of those five elements, or some sort of weaving or combination of those. This also means that another type of magician or wizard in the Dresden Files universe who had a different belief about magic might be able to do things that Dresden never could simply because of how they see magic as a whole, how they see magic working. For example, there is a wizard in the book that is part of the High Council of Wizards named Ancient Mai. And in her culture, in more Asian cultures, wood and metal are considered elements of magic. And so she might be able to do some types of magic involving wood and metal. Uh, we see some Native American druid-style wizards being able to transform their bodies into the shapes of animals because it's more closely tied to their beliefs of magic as well as how they trained. An additional thing that is associated with magic in the Dresden Files universe is the tools and equipment that they need to do what they do. Wizards are able without any tools or trappings to cast spells simply using their will, but it is extremely dangerous and extremely difficult to use the body, the human body, as the tool to focus that power. Instead, wizards build themselves things. Harry Dresden, for example, is seen wielding a blasting rod, a wizard staff. He has a cloak that channels protective runes, a jacket that he wears. He has a bracelet that allows him to channel shielding spells. He has rings that he uses to channel force energy. By using these tools, he takes the stress off of his own physical body. So if something goes wrong with the spell or if he overcharges something, he burns the stick rather than burning his body. We actually see several times throughout the series, Dresden overuse and overtax these things, destroying them. He loses several blasting sticks and has to recreate them, blasting rods. Additionally, Wizards use incantations. We learn later on in the book series that these incantations are very personal and individual. Harry uses the spell Flickumbicus because 
he tried to cheat using the spell using a Bic lighter. By making the connection in his mind between the idea of a Bic lighter and the ability to light a small fire, he is now able to, using Flickumbicus, light a small fire. He uses it to light candles, to light uh, the small fireplace in his home, those kinds of things. These incantations are necessary for the wizards to help them get the minds in the right place, to help them focus on the proper things. Because if they are, if their focus is off, they can harm themselves. They can have the magic go off. If a stray thought enters into the situation, it can deviate the magic in some way. Additionally, wizards need to be very careful about their surroundings, their environment, when they use magic in the Dresden universe. Harry will regularly ritually cleanse himself before going in to perform a long spell because he knows that if anything is off about him's body, about his mind, about his spirit, something can go wrong with the spell and that can be catastrophic, particularly when performing larger scale magic. Magic in the Dresden universe is sort of divided into two types of magic, evocation magic and ritual style magic. Evocation magic is what Harry Dresden specializes in and that's the quick, dirty, throwing fireballs or throwing up shields of ice, those kinds of things. It's in the moment, it's raw, it's powerful, but it's more difficult to keep under control. Ritual spells, on the other hand, are the exact opposite of that. A ritual spell is something that is very time-consuming and controlled, but the powers that you can bring forward with that and the effects that you can bring forward with that are much more powerful than evocation magic. Additionally, Ritual magic allows you to target someone far away using a bit of their hair, some of their blood, a token of their person, something associated with them. You can target someone that's not in your immediate range or your line of sight because you can use the time and energy that you spend turning it into a ritual to make a bond between that connection between that person and that thing. Now, magic in the Dresden universe is very heavily restricted. There are levels of magical power from just regular magical magic users that are known as minor talents that don't quite have the power to become full wizards to the wizarding council to the high council um, and then to the merlin himself the leader of the high council and this high council has determined that there will be several laws of magic these laws of magic are there to protect magic users and to protect mortals from magic users these laws only apply to mortals though. So for example, the first law of magic, do not kill, is only applicable to mortal creatures. Using fire to kill a vampire, magical fire to kill a vampire, for example, does not violate this law. Now, these laws are in place particularly and partially because of the nature of magic, because magic comes from life doing these things twists magic and leaves a mark on someone in some way that wizards can with something called the sight, uh, which we will talk about later in the episode, they can observe these changes. Now, this, the laws of magic are as follows. Do not kill. Do not use magic to transform the shape of others. Do not use magic to invade the mind of others. Do not use magic to enthrall another. Do not reach beyond the borders of life do not swim against the currents of time and do not reach past the outer gates. Now the last three are a little bit difficult to understand. They're not as self-explanatory as the others. Do not reach beyond the borders of life involves necromancy. 
do not raise the dead, do not try to bring back zombies, don't try to uh, save someone who has already died. Um, leave the dead dead and let the living live. Do not swim against the currents of time involves time travel. Don't try to go forward, don't try to go backwards, don't try to slow time, don't try to speed up time. Doing so is catastrophic for the timeline, for the individual doing the traveling, it's just not safe. And do not reach past the outer gates. In the last episode, we discussed the never-never, and then we discussed the outsiders, those who live just beyond the outer gates. These beings, known as the outsiders, are dangerous to reality itself, as well as being extremely powerful. And so reaching beyond these gates opens the door for them to influence people in the mortal realm, as well as enter if the, the gates are opened wide enough. And so they are kept safe and closed. Now, we're going, I'm going to discuss in a later episode, the one about politics, uh, how these laws are kept up, um, as well as things like the Black Staff, uh, which is a part of the Wizarding Council and exactly how the Wizarding Council uh, goes about its business. But for now, we just wanted to discuss the laws of magic and what they mean. There are a couple other organizations set up to use magic and to regulate magic. There is, for example, the Ordo Lebes, which is kind of, Dresden describes them as kitchen witches, which basically means that they are minor talents that have learned their magic on their own. They follow old wives' tales and uh, Wiccan rituals and those kinds of things to learn how to focus and use their small amount of magic that they have. But because they're able to group together, they're able to perform rituals and cast spells that normally only a full white wizard would be able to do. Because of that, the Ordo Lebes becomes a force in and of itself, almost like a wizard in congruate. They together can be a threat to the White Council, they together can be a threat to any supernatural entities that come by. Another example is the Paranet. The Paranet is something that Dresden sets up relatively late in the series, um, up to this point, where he connects a large group of minor talents, supernatural beings, and wizards in America together and gets them talking. It's a little bit like a Facebook group or an internet forum where they aren't really there in person. Now, magic is not very good with technology. That's another thing I'm going to discuss later. So it's not actually internet groups or Reddit boards or anything like that, but it allows these people to get together and communicate about the threats to them and to their society. It allows them to uh, lend aid to one another, help with spellcraft and let Harry and Carlos Ramirez, another one of the wardens of the White Council, somebody who is in charge of keeping people safe from the supernatural threats, allows them to better communicate and cooperate with their efforts in trying to defend these people. Now, I just wanna talk about some of the cool things about magic in the Dresden files that are different than how things usually are with magic. Uh, for example, the site is something that I mentioned earlier. The site is something that powerful magic users, usually wizards, have that lets them see the world in a magical spectrum. It's dangerous because anything you see with the site is permanently locked into your psyche. Uh, you remember this thing forever, regardless of how good or bad it was. But also you see the true nature of things through the site. 
the sight forces you to see the darkness in people, the light in people. Everything is very representative and abstract in this universe. For example, Dresden sees uh, his partner, Karen Murphy, as a avenging angel come to save him, wielding a sword of light, when in reality, she is dressed in her police uniform. Uh, she is seen that way by him because of how he sees her as a person. He sees her as someone who protects, who defends, who is a good person at heart, despite the violence that she may enact, someone who helps people. Conversely, Dresden also sees people who are evil or dark as uh, gaunt or um, sickly. And this way of seeing people uh, helps you see not only the magic that they carry with them, the abilities that they might have, but also a bit into their nature. And that follows through into something called the soul gaze. Now, soul gaze is triggered when someone like a wizard locks eyes for more than just a few seconds with an individual. The soul gaze is kind of ties to the idea of the eyes of the windows to the soul, right? And so when you soul gaze someone, you step into their soul for a moment. The sight lets you see who they really are deep inside. But once again, it's very metaphorical. When Harry gazes into the eyes of a popular gangster in the book series, Marcone, he sees a tiger pacing around a cage. He sees a hunter in steel gray walls and learns that Marcon is a dangerous man who's not to be trifled with. But at the same time, the person you are soul gazing gets to see your soul, gets to see inside of you. We've yet to have anyone describe Dresden from a soul gaze and see what he looks like when someone soul gazes him. But we do know that it, people react very differently. It's caused some people to trust him implicitly without knowing him or anything about his situation. It's caused other people to fear him and hate him. Uh, he discusses very early on in the series of a woman that passed out after an accidental soul gaze with him. And so it's very two-sided with Dresden. It seems the, the person looking sees, depending on their relationship with him, sees different things. The other cool thing that I wanted to talk about is magic and technology. Now, magic and technology don't work very well. In the Dresden RPG book, it's talked about maybe that magic is an energy type and how it can interrupt electron flow, but nothing is really certain about why magic interrupts technology. But Dresden does what's called hexing technology, where whenever he gets close to anything overly technological, it seems to short out and die. For whatever reason, this seems to only affect things that have been created since the birth of the magic user. So Dresden has a, a bug, a VW Beetle that he drives around that he is able to drive for the most part entirely fine because it's old enough that it's not overly affected by his powers. However, he goes onto a TV set for an interview with a TV personality and nearly destroys the entire technological base of that place simply because of his magic. The more powerful magic one has, the more dangerous it is to the technology. So minor talents, not a huge deal. Maybe they'll short out some very technical things every now and then, but wizards can't use computers. Dresden doesn't have a water heater. He doesn't have a freezer or a fridge for these reasons because his magic would short out the technology in them. He would hex the technology in these things so that they'd be no longer useful. 
And that's it for talking about technology. I'm so glad that you were here and I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks.